Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And today we got the Georgia boys, best friends on the team, Andrew Thomas and Aziz Ojolari. But we're going to start with Andrew Thomas, who's my favorite player to talk about on the New York Giants team because his growth has been beautiful. Obviously, uh, he was my guy in the 2020 draft, banging on the table for him. Six foot five, 314 pounds, 23 years old, very young. I think that what got forgotten about him, too. Like, he's, you know, right around that same age as Aziz when he came out. Fourth overall pick of the 2020 draft out of Georgia, entering year three, Justin. His rookie year, he was slated to play right tackle and then had to go back to left tackle when Nate Solder opted out, even though he shouldn't have been at left tackle um, from the start. Had a down, then up year as a rookie. Like, he didn't have an up and down rookie year. He had a down, then an up. And he really worked on some stuff, protecting the inside foot. Then, you know, he was dealing with a training camp ankle issue the whole year. Had an awesome year in 2021, and then we're going to go through it statistical-wise, you know, and just with our eye tests as well. But did miss four games due to a foot sprain. But Andrew Thomas continued to grow, and a competitive Giants team should give him the recognition he lacks but deserves, Justin. Yeah, I think the the best development of the 2021 season is the fact that Andrew Thomas is the best offensive player on the Giants. And I think there is a good argument to say that he is the best player on the Giants. I think if there's one positive to take from, like I said, the 2021 season, it is that development. He's definitely the best offensive player. Like there's, there's no doubt in my mind at that. And I don't think anyone right now besides Saquon could get back to that level, but he hasn't been the last two years. Kadarius Tony could get there, but it's not, you know, right now Andrew Thomas is the best offensive player. And then if you're comparing to the defense, you know, you have Leonard Williams would be, you know, the yeah. next best bet. Yeah, the offense is full of could-be's, could-be's, could-be's versus Andrew Thomas in his 2021 season, even when he didn't play as a second the year full player. slate of games. As a second-year player, even though he didn't play the full slate of games. Like, you know, I, I like to look at, you know, what do Giants fans say and what do Giants fans, you know, who do Giants fans recognize as a good player? And then what do the national people recognize about the Giants? And Andrew Thomas started to get national recognition last year, even though I, you know, you could still say that it's not enough. No, because one, he had a bad rookie start in a class that didn't have a bad rookie start. Yeah. Jedrick Wills, Mekhi Becton, Tristan Wirth, they all had a really good first half of their season. Now, by the end of that season, Andrew Thomas was either better than or at the level of Jedrick Wills and, and Mekhi Becton. And then last year, I think him and Tristan Wirth were very close. Obviously, Wirth plays right tackle. A less and also, Wirth has position. Tom Brady as his quarterback. Yeah, but, and, and just plays a less important position at, at, at right tackle. I don't want to take anything away from Tristan Wirth. Like right now, he, Tristan Wirth is clearly a better run blocker than Andrew Thomas right now. But pass blocking, I would argue that Thomas is the better player. Um, and the fact, I mean, the Giants were a horrible team, you know, yeah. I, like he was literally the only watchable player on the offense at the end of the year. I remember yeah. watching that Bears game and I just through the fir- after the first quarter, I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to watch Andrew Thomas. I'm not going to watch the garbage. What's the point of watching the garbage yeah. around this? I want to watch him ver- go versus Robert Quinn. And the Giants worry and the Giants offense was a wa- was a somewhat watchable offense until we get to that Dallas game. Because of Andrew Thomas. Yes, and that's the take I had after that Saints game is after Daniel Jones, because the QB is the most important position on the team, Andrew Thomas is the second most important player 
on this team. Daniel Jones, one of his biggest issues I, I, I noticed from his rookie year, more so than fumbles, was pocket manipulation. Now, Jones wasn't amazing at it last year, but it was very noticeable how much better he was at it when he had a left tackle that was capable yeah. of protecting him, unlike first half of the season, rookie Andrew Thomas, unlike and, and Nate Solder at any moment he ever blocked. Yeah. And it really changed the offense where they were moving the ball down the field. Now, they couldn't punch it into the end zone and get a lot of points, but that's not on Andrew Thomas. That was on you know the quarterback receiver and then the play caller. Yeah, obviously. Yep. And uh, you, know, you said that Andrew Thomas was the second most important player on the team, second most important player on the offense. I think left tackle is the second most important position in football, quarterback being in front of it. So the fact that we're approaching this rebuild, and at least we hope, we think, that Andrew Thomas being 23 years old, that's a guy that we have locked up. That's a position that we got locked up, the second most important position in football. I'm for it. Let's go. Let's go through some statistical stuff on Andrew Thomas before we just talk about eye tests, things that he does well, things that he needs to improve on, you know, stuff, you know, pass game, run game. Um, Last year in 2021, he allowed two sacks, three hits, and 18 pressures. That was 10th best for all tackles and sacks, ninth in hits, and seventh in pressures. And remember how bad the Giants' offense was around him. Here's something I know. He gave up two sacks. One, me and Julian, the producer behind the desk right now, were there for the Tampa Bay. What, what play of the game was that? The last play of the game and the biggest blowout of the year besides the Rams game? And then versus Robert Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks that year. And go watch the film on that game. That might be one of my favorite Andrew Thomas games because Robert Quinn was not playing the run game at all. He even said it in our interview with him. He's like, not even for a second was Robert Quinn playing the run. He was simply going to break the Bears' single-season sack record. And Thomas had him on the ground. I mean, Thomas whipped his ass all game, but he dipped the edge and got him one time. And let's, let's talk about Robert Quinn's season. So that's one of the two guys he gave up a sack to. He had two games where he didn't get a sack this year, Robert Quinn. He broke the single-season sack record for the Bears, right? Want to guess who the two tackles were that didn't give up a sack for him? Trent Williams, who's the best tackle in the game right now, and Andrew Whitworth, who was probably the best pass-blocking tackle in the game before he retired last year. <laughs> those, are the two, those are the two guys that one of the two guys that, sacked, uh, uh, that uh, Andrew Thomas gave up sacks to. Um, so statistically, he was one, a top-10 pass-blocking tackle in the league left tackle and right tackle that's not just left tackle yeah he uh, was a uh, if one he of played right tackle he'd get if he played right tackle like Tristan Wirfs he would get a little more love because the better left tackles there are better tackles in the game play left really the two right tackles that stick out my mind are Tristan Wirfs and Lane Johnson well if he played right tackle for the Giants I think he would get no love because who cares about the right tackle for the Giants <laughs> it's <laughs> left tackle is more important I think that's why he gets the attention but he was one of 13 tackles in the NFL last year to allow three QB hits or less with at least 458 snaps 18 pressures fourth in the NFL amongst tackles um, now again this is all with he missed a relatively a few uh, a few games this year so I am expecting a 25 or less pressure season this year for Andrew Thomas which is Absolutely. what Jordan, which is what Jordan Mailata had last year so he is going to allow hopefully more pressures this year, but that's just going to be because I want him to play 17 games. And I think that should be the floor is 25 pressures. You know, yeah. he, like you said, he missed four games last year. I gave up 18. Um, and I wish pro football reference would start keeping track of tackle pressures. Yeah, because I they, like it's. We always talk about the defensive pressures according to pro football reference, but then we have to go to PFF for the offensive yeah, ones. Yeah, PFF so. is a little more liberal with the way they count pressures. All right, let's talk. Do you have any other like, uh, stats you want to go through before we just talk about him a- as a player? No. Uh, one holding call last year, um, Andrew Thomas, PFF, ranked him as the 80th best player of the 2021 season. Um, and uh, we love him. How about that? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Thomas is 
no doubt my favorite player to watch on this team. So in the past game, um, his feet became more consistent. That was the biggest noticeable uh, growth from him from year one to year two is that his feet were, his set was just very consistent. Like he, he knew where he was going. He knew when to get there. He knew, you know, what, um, uh, like what, what, you know, like the balance between, you know, oversetting or, or, you know, protecting the inside too much and giving up the corner. He just looked more like that. But, um, and, and that with his feet just being so quick, like that's his, he, his feet are unbelievably quick. And that's why I loved him so much coming out of Georgia was not that he was this clean prospect. And when I hear pro, when I hear he was the most pro ready, it, it makes me cringe because he wasn't the most pro ready. He just had the best results versus the best competition. So people took those numbers and called him the most pro ready. But I thought he had the most to work on out of those four tackles. But that's why I loved him. It's like he's had the best results, but he's got the most to, uh, most to work on. So like he recovered well in college with bad technique, but his feet were so fast it didn't matter. But in the NFL, your feet have to be doing the right things with that foot speed that he has. Um, and, he, and he was able to recover. So his feet are what wins the game with him. And we'll talk about his hands and his punch. Um, too. I think his punches can still show some lunging at times. There's times where they come wide as well. You know, as a rookie, they really became like symbols. They, they cleaned him up a little more, but he can still lean a little bit. That's something he can clean up a little bit as, as well as just getting stronger with that punch overall. Um, but again, even now, but now, like, you know, year, year two and now going into year three with Andrew Thomas, when that, that lunge is a lot less and with his feet, he's just able to recover. Like, there's, there's reps that aren't the cleanest for Andrew Thomas, but they have a great result because he's got that just elite ability to recover. And that was my favorite thing from him in the draft. Like, he just has an elite ability to recover that other guys don't have. Yeah, yeah, the athleticism. The athleticism, what is it, the, you know, the 20-yard shuttle? What do you look at? Yeah, I remember everyone said he had a bad combine. It would make me so mad because he had, like, a slow 40 time. But he had the best. He had the second best shuttle time out of all tackles, and the best by uh, all the of the big four. The big four, yeah. Um, which is what tests an offensive lineman's athleticism, because you're never going to run 40 yards in a straight line. But going five, ten, five yards, that shows how how well an uh, offensive lineman's going to move in a game. So. How can Andrew Thomas get better? You talked about his hands and that he, you know, maybe should be using them as, you know, as the symbols or as I like to call them, syllables in a high school band. Um, I get words confused. So how can Andrew Thomas get better? Is it, are, are you looking at his hands or is there something with his feet? How can Andrew Thomas get better this year? So more with the, in the run game, we'll talk about in a second, there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, I just think some more hand, hand grip, hand grip strength. I think that's yeah. something that Thomas needs to work on because he, there's not, not always does when he wins the rep, he's just got that guy locked on him. Like when a guy like Mekhi Beckton has got his hands on you in the right place, you're not getting off. Thomas, there's times where a guy could shed late on those. So I, yeah. think, I think hand strength and, again, with the punching, being more consistent with the punch and not leaning as much yeah. into it. Um, he gets away with it a little bit because his arms are so long. Um, but you, those are the two main things. But, in, I mean, again, he's a top 10 pass blocking left tackle or just tackle in the NFL. So there's things to clean up in his pass blocking, but it's not like he has these huge, you know, huge areas of improvement that he did after his rookie year. Is Bobby Johnson going to let him be on an island and do his vertical sets and work like he's been working the last two years, or is he going to kill the vertical sets from Andrew Thomas? I, I think there will be a little bit. I mean, we've seen some vertical sets out of Thomas. I, I think that trust has been put there with him, not Evan Neal so far in a little bit of camp you know like he's been one on you know one-on-one they're not really sliding always to his side so I, I do um talk to me about the run game let's talk about the run game his run blocking does need to get better it left there was a lot more there was a lot to be desired there uh, at the at uh, after last year um 
And it looked to me last year, because his rookie year, he was a really good run blocker. Like, they were moving guys. It wasn't always the prettiest. But also it, mostly worked with Shane Lemieux, too. That's yeah, part that of had part of it, was part to do with it. But he looked really good. It wasn't always the prettiest technique, but he looked good. Um, this past year, it looked like he was looking to sustain blocks more so than win them. You know, where he doesn't, he didn't want to get shed or get caught. Like, you know, like in, even in his good run blocking his rookie year, there was times where he'd be land up, land on his face. But I've always said, I can deal with a couple of reps like that if you're moving earth on the other yeah. reps. And that's yeah. what he's capable of. So I, I would like to see a little more, like, like this will drive O-line coaches crazy. But something I want to see him do, I think he should lean a little more and throw his hips into the block. Now, yeah. co- O-line coaches tell you, don't lean. Don't throw your hips into that block. So that's how you lose balance. But mm-hmm. you know what that else does? It helps you move motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's what Andrew Thomas is capable of doing. So, again, not going crazy, but I think there could be more of that. And last year was the only tackle they trust, the only offensive lineman they trust in the run game. So he never got the benefit of working a double team. And again, like it just seemed like he was looking to sustain blocks more so than win them. And, and I guess some lower body strength could help with that too. Yeah, one of my favorite gifts on my phone is uh, Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux um, double teaming uh, somebody against Tampa. And it, was, and it wound up going for a touchdown. I believe like a Deion Lewis touchdown. So it's one of my, it's one of my favorite gifts that I have on my phone, seeing those two rookies together. So I'm excited to see them work together this year. Um, so here's my question to you. A little bit, little bit of, uh, of a projection, uh, PPP. How could the Giants utilize Andrew Thomas more? And I'm talking about spe- specifically like in the running game. How can they utilize his skill set a little bit more? Because you said that they kind of didn't do that last year. Run more power to the left, which means Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, working guys to that linebacker. Combo blocks to the linebacker because that's when those guys were at their best. That's when the 2020 Giants run game was at its best. Now you don't have Matt Scurra, Billy Price, Will Hernandez, and Nate Solder. You got guys that are more capable. So running to the side and something that they didn't do a lot, and I know you're not going to do this a ton, Mm -hmm. but let him pull. Like whenever he pulls, he does really well. He's got that athleticism to do that. So let him and Lemieux work combos of linebackers because those guys have real good chemistry. I remember the Seattle game 2020. There was a huge Wayne Gallman run that I think uh, Andrew Thomas was was pulling out of space. And you don't see that all that often from tackles. So maybe we'll see it this year. So that's Andrew Thomas. This is Bear Burger. This is Bear Burger because they got something for everyone. Yes, even Andrew Thomas should have brought Burger to the van for the Andrew Thomas interview probably would have got him to stay around a little bit more. It, is it like, you know, candy in a van for offensive linemen? It's Bear Burger in a van? Yeah. That's uh, Except for bad things won't happen after you eat the Bear Burger. It's true, because we're not bad people, are we? Yes, they're a burger joint, but they're not the type to be bogged down by the, label, by the labels. Their menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100% vegan or you thought that Andrew Thomas wasn't the top tackle from the 2020 draft class, Bear Burger won't judge, but we will. There's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to. Food that's made to taste great. They have a happy hour that's the best in New York City. 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. That's a lot of hours to be happy. Elk burgers, ostrich burgers, bison burgers. You know the drill. Click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint, and luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thank you for sponsoring these PPPs. All right, another dough. Aziz Ojalar, six foot two, 249 pounds, but maybe more now. He said he was at 255, so gained six pounds. So up six pounds. Um, was an edge taken in the second round of the 2021 draft. Now 22 years old, heading into year two. He just turned 22. I'm yeah, 24. like 22 in like 49 <laughs> days is I'm, what his age is. I'm 24, which is crazy. Last year, very impressive year for a rookie. 49 tackles, eight sacks, eight tackles for a loss, and 13 QB, 13 QB hits. Four and rookie rankings, he was third in sacks, fourth in tackles for a loss, 
Surprisingly, I didn't realize this, he was second in pressures with 27 and then fourth in QB hits. That's a very impressive rookie year. Now, we're going to talk about some downfalls of Aziz Ojolari where his, sometimes his play didn't always match what his box score looked like. But Aziz Ojolari had a really impressive rookie year. One thing we've said out of him, we want him to add some more power and strength. I know we haven't seen him yet because he's on uh, the non-football injury list. But Aziz added the beef. But he did add some strength, and that was there's one if there was one guy who can add some muscle at camp, and it's like, ooh, that I really, I actually care about that. It's Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, yeah, we we, we care about best shape of your life, Aziz Ojolari. Uh, like we, Daniel Jones having more muscle, or you know. Kay Crowder having more muscle. It's not moving the needle like it does for Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. Um, Did you read Aziz's advanced stats, pressures, QB hits, and stuff like that? Uh, Second in pressures with 27 for rookies and fourth in QB hits. So eight eight tackles for a loss, 27 pressures, and 13 QB hits. So I looked at every Aziz Ojolari sack from 2021 during the dead period of the summer, and I found some interesting things, and I want to get your thoughts on these two different things. There were five games where Aziz Ojolari received over 75% of the uh, snaps, zero sacks in those games, and seven out of the nine plays in which he registered a sack, there was one play where he had a half sack, seven out of the nine plays, Aziz Aziz Ojolari was lined up on the left side of the defense. What are your thoughts on some of that? So against the right tackle? Left side against the right tackle, yes. Yeah, so I I wrote that down in one of my notes. He took advantage of some bad offensive tackles. Um. But there's a lot of bad offensive tackles, and good players do that. You know, this idea that, you know, the Vaughn Millers, so, you know, the top edge rushers in the league just, just dominate the best tackles all the, all the time is just not true. They, you remember Khalil Mack uh, beginning of 2020 season? Like, this is a stat game, playing the Giants? Yeah. Like, that, that happens. Like, so we, we judge our own players by that. But it did happen a lot with Aziz Ojolari, and he, like, that next step is to not be dominating you know, the best tackles in the game, but have a game against the, one of the better tackles of the game and win. Because right now, if Andrew Tom, or if you go last year, Andrew Thomas versus Ezejo Zolari, Andrew Thomas is winning that battle pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, for me, it's just about consistency. I mean, that, that's really what it's about. I mean, the sacks, eight, if Ezejo Zolari ends the year with eight sacks again, I'm like, cool. I'm like, great. You know, it's the 13 QB hits and then 27 pressures. Those are the numbers that I want to see go up. And, you know, yeah, J- Justin, I'm really shocked to hear you say that. But it actually is true. Um, you know, having games where Zizo Jalari, he's going to get, there's going to be some games where he's going to get 75% of the snaps. So, you know, finding out why he had five games over 75% of the snaps, why there were zero sacks in those games, and why there were some games where he kind of disappeared last year. Um, that's what we kind of need to find out, and that's what Aziz Ojolari needs to try and you know, kind of fix from last year because he got off to a really hot start. You know, what was it, the first four or five games he had a sack in every single one? Yeah, the first three and, games of the year he had a sack in every game. I can't remember the joke the, was, uh, you know, Aziz Ojolari's on pace for 17 sacks. You know? Yeah, and then, you know, he had a two-and-a-half versus a very bad Panthers defense, uh, yeah. offensive line, plus with P.J. Walker and a QB who may have the worst pocket awareness <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I want to go through some more stats before we just talk about ins and outs of him on, on the field. Um, lower third of the league and pass rush win rate at 11%. Oh, wow, bringing that in here. But also was and, – and that was like right – like he was top of the rookies at pass rush win rate um, with 11%. So you're like, okay, those rookies are all going to get better. Zizo Jalar are getting better. But he was like one of the, the lowest three out of all those guys on that who got like significant playing time at edge. And I know he didn't and, get double teamed a and lot. And double team rate. Yeah, he had yeah. a double team rate of 10%. And he was the bottom, you know, of, the, of those rookies that were in that category. 
and double team rate. So the idea that Kayvon's going to make him this, like with Kayvon there, it's now a defense has a lot to, fo- an, another guy to focus on. I'm sure it will help Aziz because now they have someone to win on the other side and that yep. is going to lead the QB into Aziz at times. Yeah. But it's not going to help him win his battles more because he wasn't double teamed a lot and he was usually facing the weaker tackle. Yeah. Yeah, again, I mean, just consistency. Consistency for Aziz and my expectation, at least for him, Maybe this year, depending on what you think about Kayvon and depending on where Kayvon's going to go, Aziz this year could number one uh, be the, you know, could be the number one edge rusher statistically. But long term, Aziz Ojolari, we're projecting him to be an edge number two, which is awesome because we don't want to, we didn't want to put these lofty expectations yeah. on Aziz Ojolari as the second rounder to be this edge rusher number one. Like, I think I love the comparison of like statistically Hassan Reddick, like just being that a solid number two on a team that has some really good years and is consistent. And that's what I projected him out of the draft. I didn't view him as a first rounder like a lot of people, but like at pick 50, it's like, okay, let's let's get Aziz yeah. Ojolari awesome. here. Like this yeah. is a great value for uh, Aziz at 50. So let's just talk about him. Like just How playing. about against the run? I have some numbers against the run. Oh, you have numbers versus the run. Okay, I do. Well, let's go, let's go through him as a pass rusher sure. and then we'll go numbers and just eye test on the run game. Um, what he is is he's a speed rusher who can get to the corner, and if he gets to that corner, his hands re- work really well to disengage. Like that, his hands are, are good at disengaging. But like we said at the beginning with the way, he just needs more power to be more consistent and add a bull rush to his bag. How about that? I brought back Ooh, the bag. in your bag. Uh, he, he just needs, the, he needs more power to it because offensive tackles are just never, never worried about Aziz Ojalari's strength, and that showed up. Where it's like Aziz would have a, a good amount of wins in the game, but he just consistently wasn't testing the tackles because if they couldn't, if he couldn't get to the corner and swipe those hands, he had issues. You know, he added some, you know, some better hand usage than he did in college. But again, he just needs more power to really test an offensive tackle for a full game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about some stats in the run game. Yeah. So I thought Aziz Ojolari was much better against the run than I initially thought he would heading into last year. He was tied for 17th among all edge rushers and run stops with 18, and was tied for 10th in average depth of tackle in the league last year with Jason Pierre-Paul. I thought that was very impressive, you know, because a lot of people are saying, oh, if you have run stops or if you have a lot of tackles, but where are those tackles being taken place? Are they being taken place four or five yards down the field? He was tied for 10th in average depth of tackle in the league last year against the run, which is super, super awesome. So that's what he's best at in the run. Your run game is is disengaging and making plays. Mm -hmm. Um, But he needs to get better at setting the edge. I don't think he's ever going to be a dominant edge setter. Um, but, but that's he, where the strength comes in. Yeah, but I think he can get to a point where he holds stout on the edge. He's never going to be one of these guys like Miles, I guess Miles Garrett. But, but uh, you think of it like a, a guy who can just really just set that edge really well. He's never going to be a great guy who just pins open the, 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 ta- the shoulder of the tackle. Um, but what he is good at is holding his – or can get better at and has done good at is – holding stout against the edge, and when they bounce, he can disengage and make those tackles for a loss. Yeah. That's what he showed in college. That's what he showed last year. So that's kind of – that's where his strength shows up and he even showed up in his first preseason game versus Mekhi Becton where it got over-exaggerated where it's like he dominated Mekhi. It's like, no, Mekhi won the, won the game if, if you're looking at their one-on-ones. But Aziz did have that really good job where he held stout versus Mekhi Becton, disengaged, and then got himself a tackle for a loss. All right, Aziz. Heal Have up. a year. Have a year, heal up. Hopefully that hamstring gets better. Hopefully by the time that we're maybe releasing this, it's done. You're yeah, back. And, and with Kayvon being here, if he turns into what we expect him to be, him and Aziz is a nice duo. It really is. And that's what we said about Aziz last year is like, he's good, but he's going to be a, like, 
he, he's going to be his best as the number yeah, two the pass C, yeah. rusher. Yep. And that's hopefully what we're going to get with Kayvon Thibodeau is the one to Aziz, to Aziz's two. And you can have a, a pass rush that you that defenses worry about. If Aziz can add that strength, add some stuff to his game, and then Kayvon could be his, we can we can be that team that when they're pre, when the opposing podcast is previewing, it's like we really got to worry about the edge rushers. Where in the past five years, that just has not been the case for the New no, York Giants. No, absolutely not. All right, that's a player profile and projection. We will see you guys tomorrow with a regular episode. Check out all the live streams, other player profiles and projections. We appreciate you. Until tomorrow, let's go Big Blue.